0: Atlassian
1: Tribeca Festival is back with a lineup full of relatable and inspiring films, series, and more. Documentaries on stars like Elizabeth Taylor, Melissa Etheridge Linda Perry, and Renee Elise Goldsberry, plus narratives and comedy specials starring Britt Lauer Emily Bader, Hannah Einbinder and more. June 5th to June 16th in NYC Grab your tickets now at TribecaFilm.com. The Cut. The Cut. The
2: Cut. The Cut.
0: The Cut. Hey, my name is Noor Buzidi. I'm a new producer on The Cut Podcast. You're going to be hearing more of me soon. But today I'm actually here to tell you about a different project. I've been working on it for months, and it's finally out this week. Basically... It all starts
2: oh my God. with a sex tape. Fuck, oh, you feel amazing?
0: That sex tape. The Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee tape from the 90s. It pretty much created the whole leaked tape legacy. This is a story of sex, celebrity, and violation. But it's also a story about how a fear of overexposure went from being a problem for only the mega famous to a shadow that chases everyone on the internet today.
2: Oh, I love you. Oh, my God.
0: So, we're going to play for you an episode right now. It's episode one of a series called Tabloid, season two, The Pam and Tommy Sex Tape. Here's host Lux Alptrom. Enjoy. That's
2: just a little taste of me making a bounce
3: tonight. If you ask someone about the Kim Kardashian sex tape or any celebrity sex tape, you usually get one of two answers. One, she leaked it herself.
2: Ray, are you filming?
3: Or two, she probably leaked it herself, right? I mean, she used to be Paris Hilton's closet organizer, and now she's the most famous woman in the world. Come on.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to get the right lighting.
2: Directed by Ray J.
3: That's how the story goes with these tapes. The celebrities in question film themselves having sex. Then the tape somehow, accidentally, gets onto the internet. Would
2: you be where you are had there not been a sex tape? (sighs)
3: Sex tape as PR stunt. That's the perception anyway. It's a lowbrow way to get more famous.
2: You know there are people who say that you put it out yourself. You know that. Yeah. And, you know, I think why would anyone put that humiliation on their family like that?
3: The videos are grainy. The sex is predictable and boring.
2: Get ready.
0: Yeah, I got it set up. I'll be back in a minute.
2: Hop.
4: (laughs) But it works. People
3: watch them. Talk about them. Write about them. I mean, I did. I wrote about sex, porn, and feminism for over a decade. I actually ran a whole website reporting on the porn industry. I felt like I had to cover celebrity sex tapes, even though I thought what everybody thought, that all these videos were pretty much a sham. Because, see, in porn, there's a lot of red tape. There's strict rules about copyright and permission. The way I saw it was, if your sex tape was being sold online, somebody definitely signed off on it. But there was one celebrity sex tape that I'd always heard about, but never watched. It was kind of before my time.
2: Tommy and I, we used to just film each other naked all the time, and someone took like 10 tapes and spliced it together, and it was, I've never even seen it.
3: Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee's sex tape. It hit video store shelves in 1998, when I was 15 years old. Pamela was a Playboy model slash Baywatch star, and Tommy was the volatile drummer of Motley Crue. They were the larger-than-life, notorious, sexy celebrity couple. They were famous, but their relationship was mega-famous. And when their tape came out, the fame multiplied. Because everyone saw it. These days, we might say, it went viral.
2: Actually, here it's kind of boring, because it's two people in love. It's not like a manufactured thing. And I know that other people kind of followed suit.
3: It was the sex tape that started them all. I'm Lex Alptron. From Luminary and New York Magazine, this is tabloid. Every season, we re-examine a story that was tabloid fodder. This time around, we're taking on Pam and Tommy's sex tape. What I said about every sex tape being a PR stunt, I was wrong. Pam and Tommy's sex tape the first big celebrity sex tape. It wasn't leaked on purpose. It was stolen. It was an actual violation. When it happened, Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee were instantly exposed. And now, nearly 25 years later, we live in a world where that can happen to any of us at any moment.
1: It's fun to do bad things. I like turtles.
4: I still love you. Look at all those chickens.
3: Someone can screenshot your face. Or a clip of you doing something stupid with your friends. These nuts! <laughs> Got or a hasty tweet you wrote.
4: It, it literally
3: made no sense. Something you thought was no big deal.
0: There's no way that this little thing is going to get any sort of attention.
3: And you wake up the next day, and it's everywhere.
1: I started seeing my face on, like, climate change posters in New Zealand
3: replicated a million times.
0: And it has so many f-ing retweets, like 200,000 retweets. I'm like, oh, yes.
3: Torn apart by a million strangers. But
0: everyone was making fun of me.
3: And now that's your life. And you end up in a BuzzFeed video explaining how you accidentally became a meme.
0: I didn't hear the end of it for like two years after.
4: Well, how do I tell
1: my boss what's going on?
4: Hey, this sucks, but you're gonna be famous.
3: In an instant, you can lose control of your own story. We all can. Episode 1. The Lovers. In the 90s, Pamela Anderson was basically a stand-in for sex itself. She'd gone from small-town Canada to Playboy Covergirl to star of Baywatch, where every week, she'd wear a tiny red lifeguard swimsuit and sexily rescue hapless swimmers for millions of fans. And on December 31st, 1994, she's ringing in the New Year from a corner booth at a VIP club in LA, drinking, hanging out with her entourage, and then, suddenly, she sees him, Tommy Lee. Tattooed, wearing eyeliner, and heading straight for her table.
2: That was the first time I'd ever <laughs> had contact with him.
3: That's Pamela telling the story on a British talk show. And at the time, Tommy was in a slightly different place fame-wise than Pamela.
2: Welcome to the world of a Motley f- crew!
3: In the 1980s, Motley Crew was one of the biggest metal bands around. But by the mid-90s... They were kind of past their prime, and Tommy was less known for being a drummer than he was for being a bad boy. Famous for trashing hotel rooms and having wild sex with groupies. But that night, in the corner booth, something special happened with Pamela. Something legendary.
2: He licked my face and I licked (gasps)
3: his. He licked my face and I licked his. After that, a long tease. They go weeks without seeing each other.
2: I All was right. absolutely over men. I was like, ugh, yuck, L. A. Men.
3: Then, Tommy flies to Cancun, where Pamela is doing a photo shoot for work.
2: He called. And I was in Cancun.
4: And I was checking my messages, and he goes, I'm on my way.
3: Stalkery or romantic, depending on
4: how you see it. I got off the phone. I talked to my girlfriend. I go, he's on his way, like on his way up to your floor. To Cancun. No. No, he's that's the so so
3: And the next thing anyone knows,
4: I saw him.
2: We fell in love. We instantly. Like instantly. To
4: Four
2: days later, we were married, and we're the most in love couple
3: on the planet. Wow! One fateful meeting, four steamy days in Cancun, and Pam and Tommy landed back in L.A. a married couple. <music> that was the public version, the story they told on talk shows and in tabloids. It was one big public display of affection.
4: I think they came from the airport, like, to my place.
3: Literally. This is Garen Swing. He and Tommy were best friends. We were always together. We were,
4: like, inseparable.
3: They were fixtures in the L.A. club scene. Garen grew up around a lot of famous people. His parents were interior designers who decorated the Jackson family compound. By the way, Garen is sober now, but in the old days, after long nights out at the Playboy Mansion or whatever... Tommy and Garen and their friends would keep the party going at his art studio. And that's where Pam and Tommy pulled up in the limo, just after their trip to Cancun.
4: And I was like, what's up? Dude, meet Pam. This is my new wife. And I was like, hi. Now, I had no idea who she was. In the moment, it didn't click. But right
3: then, the fact that Pamela was one of the most famous women in the world didn't really matter. Because she was also just a newlywed, doing this totally normal, totally nerve-wracking thing, meeting her husband's friends for the first
4: time. Except they're the who's who of the L.A. club scene. So they come in, I'm like, hi. And of course, I had this book when you come in that you sign, like an art book. I I say, here, sign my book. So Pamela asked for a pen. I looked around and I didn't see a pen. I go, sign it in blood. I hand her a razor. Pamela takes the razor and goes, whack! And just cuts this huge fucking, like, thing on her finger. And it's bloods like, going everywhere. And she writes in, like, cursive, I love Tommy Lee, Pamela Anderson, across two pages. I was like, oh, fuck, you're crazy. And right then, we, we kind of clicked. So now Pam's hanging around, and we're one big happy family. Pam and Tommy's life quickly became an endless pajama party. They either slept at my house, at the studio, or I slept at their
3: house. They'd have
4: extravagant
3: brunches. They would
4: drop, I don't know, three grand at brunch. Or throw their own outrageous parties. Then we, they had tigers come. This is just, I'm just setting up. This is not even the, the, the tip of the ice. Then we Here. built a stage for like Guns N' Roses. I shaved my head, all my hair off, bald. Alcohol was flowing. Did my like, face in flying drag. Vegas on a fucking Lear jet, And it's like doing So you can imagine what could happen on the sofas like, like this. You're going to get dressed yeah, up like in a crazy outfit. So I'd have a sparkler in my yeah, ass. It's just like the, out of our gorge. Yeah, like we're not supposed to be doing this. Right. Just, just like a it's crazy salad bar of drugs. And then we all went back to my house and continued partying.
1: Did you know the Tribeca Festival premieres more than just film and TV? Tribeca's audio storytelling program, sponsored by Audible, is happening June 9th to 13th in NYC. It includes premieres of new indie podcasts and live tapings of popular podcasts you know and love. Attend Slow Burn, the hit narrative podcast exploring the Briggs Initiative. Experience an exclusive live taping of Criminal with special guest Melissa McCarthy as they investigate complex stories of people who've done wrong or been wronged. Or get a vibe check on today's politics, entertainment, and news with a live taping of Vibe Check with Lena Waithe. Don't miss it. Get your tickets now at TribecaFilm.com.
3: While Pamela and Tommy were having endless fun, Pamela's manager, Ray Manzella, was having a headache. Ray was actually there the night that Pamela and Tommy met, that legendary, face-licking New Year's Eve. And Tommy never really won Ray over.
2: Okay, this is interesting. So now she's married to this guy.
3: When Pamela called him with the news about her marriage, he told us it felt like being electrocuted.
2: What the fuck? I mean, I couldn't believe this happened. So my whole life is flashing in front of me as far as taking a deep breath and trying to figure out what the next step is.
3: Ray managed blondes. Vanna White, Suzanne Summers, and Jenny McCarthy. Hot enough to lust after, but safe enough to sell kitchenware. And that was the kind of stardom Ray imagined for Pam.
2: She was a home run. I mean, she was someone you could market. She was, you know, stunningly beautiful and, uh, and very charming
3: really kind of quiet and shy, very just naturally beautiful, and, you know, really pleasant to be around. That's Pamela's Baywatch co-star, Nicole Eggert. On the show, Nicole played Summer, a young, hot student lifeguard to Pamela's CJ, a slightly older, slightly hotter, experienced lifeguard. On screen, the two of them teamed up for 90s feminist power moves. Oh, Summer. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome, you're welcome. Stop it. Like in this scene, where the two of them take down a creepy dude by making him go for a run with them.
4: Starting with a five-mile
3: run up the beach. What? And Nicole, like pretty much everyone else who worked with Pamela, saw her on a path to good girl glory. I don't have anything negative to say about her. She, She was not a diva or demanding or hard to deal with or any of those things. I didn't have that experience at all. But then Tommy came along. And as Ray tells it, things changed.
2: Pamela sometimes wouldn't show up to work. I would get a phone call. Baywatch said, your client's not here. I go, what?
3: Ray says Pamela would leave their home
2: for work and then. And Tommy would call her up, baby, baby, I miss you, come back. That kind of insanity. And she would make a U-turn and go back instead of going to work.
3: In an interview, Pamela once said that Tommy wanted her to wear a pager on the back of her Baywatch swimsuit. She said, I had to be on call for him.
2: When they got together, they were like natural born killers. These two were like water and oil. It was a combustion. I mean, the lovemaking, the insanity was over the top. The fights were over the top. It was over the top.
4: And then there was the jealousy. There'd be nights where Tommy'd be passed out drunk. I mean, sleeping. That's fucked up. And me and Pam are still awake. And we're sitting across from each other just talking all night. I'm like, here, come here, I want to show you something. And she'd be like, I can't. i like, what do you mean? She goes, I can't leave Tommy. And I realized if Tommy woke up and me and Pam were in another room talking just innocently, that would, be not, that would not be a good look. Fights, jealousy, swimsuit beepers,
3: it all sounds a little dysfunctional. <laughs> a few years later, in 1998, after they had two kids... Pamela would call the cops on Tommy and accuse him of kicking her while she was holding their baby. He ultimately spent four months in jail as a result of the incident. But in those early days, all most people saw was just over-the-top rocker behavior. The tabloids took pictures of Pam and Tommy and reprinted the story about Tommy chasing Pam to Cancun. They were the bad boy, bad girl, celebrity couple.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Pamela, yeah. in her skin-tight latex cat suit, blonde hair perfectly tousled over smoky eyes, and Tommy, leather pants, silver chains, and the faintest goatee. They were everywhere, holding hands, nuzzling necks, smiling out from a National Enquirer cover. Does
4: all the media focus, does it drive you nuts If you sort of Enjoy it. You look like you kind of enjoy it. I mean, I idea. Do-
3: do- and the details of their lives were everywhere too.
4: <laughs> you have swings in your in your house. Yeah, there's a there's a big giant one that's over the piano.
3: Like Tommy telling Conan O'Brien about their tricked out love nest.
2: And then there's one in the bedroom. It's a it's called a Chinese basket.
4: <laughs> I've heard of the Chinese basket.
3: And Pamela answering questions about family planning at a film premiere. Are
4: you are you seriously at the moment trying to get pregnant? And, and how many
3: children do you want?
2: Uh, we want. Well, how many do
3: we want, baby? They were painting this vision. A vision of a wild, larger than life, rock and roll fantasy.
2: Basically, the honeymoon that never ended. People always say that around us that we're so in love. You know, having like ridiculous fun. And probably the happiest couple that they know.
3: They doled out tantalizing little bits of their personal life whenever they wanted. And the stuff that was actually private stayed private. Like their tight little parties with Garrett. No press allowed. Their wedding, with just a couple friends. Or like, a home video. Filmed just for their own viewing pleasure.
2: Magic hour. At the Lee residence.
3: When I finally sat down to watch Pam and Tommy's sex tape, I thought it'd be like every other celebrity sex tape I'd seen. With the fake-feeling verite shots and then a bunch of obviously staged sex.
2: I want to go down and take the house, because... It looks
3: amazing. But that's not what it was. At all. In this scene, early on in the tape, we see Pam walking down a driveway, hanging out with a couple of dogs. It's sunset, and Tommy's on the balcony. Oh
2: my God, there's a magic dog. Growing a little tomato? What? Did you know that we're growing a little tomato? Where? Tomatoes, right
4: there.
3: No way. You made those tomatoes? The tape is over an hour long and it's mostly clips like this. Tommy shows off a rock Pamela found. They go fishing, hang out in the bath. There's 20 minutes of badly shot footage of their wedding. In the last section of the tape, they're together on a boat in Nevada, surrounded by canyon walls. We're surrounded. Ready?
2: I love you, Pamela! Oh my God. Do it again.
1: I love you!
3: The actual sex part is only a few minutes of the whole thing. And the rest of it, it's all like that. Unpolished. Uncool. So not silver chains and latex catsuits. And very, very clearly... Not something they ever wanted to go public.
0: Oh, baby, I'm gonna come.
2: Oh, oh fuck. Mm. Oh, yes. fuck,
1: baby.
2: I love you. I love you. I love you so much.
3: And that, the I love yous, the post-coital cuddles, all of it, ends up in sex shops across America, right next to Buttman in Budapest and Sodomania 24, under the title Pam and Tommy Lee, Stolen Honeymoon. I remember it being all over the press. Which made people, people like Pamela's coaster star Nicole, wonder. Who did this? Like, who... Who had access to this? It took two decades for the real story to come out.
1: He went to steal the safe to mess with Tommy Lee's head.
3: That's episode two of tableau
1: He had no idea that there was a tape in the safe.
0: Tabloid Season 2 is a production of Luminary and New York Magazine. You can find the rest of the series on the Luminary app or on their channel on Apple Podcasts. Our introduction was produced by me and edited by Kelly Prime. The cut is produced by Jasmine Aguilera, B.A. Parker, Skylar Swenson, and me. Mixed by Alex Higgins. Our executive producers are Hannah Rosen and Nishat Karwa. Special thanks to the team of Tabloid Season 2. I really loved working with you all in this series. We are a production of New York Magazine. Subscribe today to support their work at thecut.com slash subscribe. I'm Norupuziti. Thanks for listening. Support
3: for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder,
1: but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals.